another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to The Dark Crystal Minute. And begin all the same, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And now once more the world must undergo a time of testing. It is time, time to return to the castle. There is much to be learned. And you have no time. And here's your hosts, Philip Mitchell and Jamie Prater. Hello and welcome to the Dark Crystal Minute. This is your minute-by-minute discussion on the cult classic film, The Dark Crystal. I'm your host, Philip Mitchell, and I'm from Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast. And I am J.M. Prater. I am from Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, and... Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. Now, we are up to the 11th minute of The Dark Crystal. So in each episode, we discuss, we analyze, we dissect, you know, every minute within the film of The Dark Crystal. So right now, we are up from minute 10 to minute 11. And overall, what happens in this minute, just to recap it all. So in this minute, we get back we get back to the Castle of the Crystal and we sort of get up close and personal with the Skeksis. In this, primarily in this minute, we get introduced to the two main Skeksis characters, Skek Ung, the Gartha Master at the time, and Skeksil, the Chamberlain. And at the end, they realize that the Emperor is dying, the Emperor Skeksis, Skekso, and then Skeksil sort of, you know, walking towards his bedside. Like, I mean, a lot is happening, but not a lot. I mean, at the same time, I guess, you know, dialogue-wise, there's not much to it. It's it's a very sort of visual scene, I guess. You know, we're being introduced uh, a lot more to the Skeksis. We sort of briefly had a glimpse of them uh, at the start of the film, sort of, I guess, in a static way when they were, uh, you know, getting the crystal light sort of beaming on their faces during the opening credits of the film. But it is great to actually, you know, see them, you know, sort of, moving about and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what are your thoughts, Jamie. What captures me about this scene or this minute is that it's a kind of a, re- a reveal, mostly, except for in the beginning, most of the puppets are static. The, the first few minutes that we've been discussing, most of the, or, or in the beginning of the first minute, when we're being introduced to all the Skeksis and they're in the castle, everyone's a little bit static. And then even after we go from there, we go to meet Jen, and then we go to see the mystics. Everyone's pretty static, or they cut from one scene to the next, and it's one mystic after the other after the other. This scene is kind of, the curtain is pulled back, and we see the puppetry on display in all of its grandeur. These Skeksis are moving. Um, they're being puppeted. So much is happening. Now, there's not a lot happening in terms of plot. Um, just some movement, some kind of mumbling, some grumbling, but really what's what we're seeing here, for me at least, why I'm wowed by it, is that there's probably 40 people on this set that we don't see operating, moving these things, operating the hands, the servos, the, uh, you know, the um, radio control eyes, all of that. So this scene to me is really about the wonder of puppetry more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. And just the amount of work that really goes through to make it all happen and i mean and i guess like with the concept of the skeksis was really what essentially made uh i guess the dark crystal way because i mean they were sort of inspired when jim henson first looked at a an an illustration from 
uh, there was a short story in a book called Once Upon a Time called uh, Pigtail, and this book came out, I believe, in 1975. And one of the images was that depicted Crocodile, who was sort of dressed up in sort of the fine clothes or that nice, uh, like, royal-esque sort of um, costuming, which sort of became the inspiration for the Skeksis character. So, yeah, from that concept, it sort of, yeah, went to the final stages. And, I mean, the thing with, like, with these uh, Skeksis, I think, like, originally in the, when they were making the film... They were, I think they were originally going to be done as, um, as hand puppets with the Skeksis. Though I think what, what happened was, I think when they've done a lot of testing, a lot of test footage with, with shooting with the Galflings and then the Mystics, I think once they realized like that it worked well with the Mystics as the full body sort of scale, uh, creatures that the Skeksis sort of had to be sort of the same way that, you know, there can't be sort of traditional puppetry that it has to they had to be like in the full body sort of costumed creatures you know with with the skexies and i, and I believe they weighed about like 30 pounds um which is about i think 15 kilograms yeah, for those of the the metric system so yeah <laughs> and i mean i mean the one thing that i sort of love in this uh, minute as well i mean the puppetry is amazing but I, I do always love the subtleness, um, especially with the lightning, the blue lighting flashes yes. that we get in the background. Yes. It's sort of, um, I don't know, like lightning just seems to be a very 80s thing. Yeah. I just remember yeah. there was like so many movies that sort of, you know, that had lightning one way or another, whether it was in yeah. a scene or, or you just hear the sound effect. So I find that sort of interesting that, you know, that they still got the lightning going on. Yeah, it's just amazing, just like all the movements that are happening, you know, in each of these moments, just each shot. Totally. And to think that with these puppets, too, um, you know, these aren't just puppets, obviously, what you were just saying, you know, they were, these are being operated by people, sometimes too, depending on the setup. Yeah. Um, they're under these big harnesses, and there's also a video monitor in there so that they can see what they're doing. So inside these Skeksis, you, you know, it's not just a man or a woman in a suit walking around because their arm is extended so that somewhat like the mystics so they can move the head and all that. And so it's very uncomfortable for them. And then like the first shot we see of, of the Chamberlain and um, the Gartham master walking, it's almost a simulated walk because they, it's very close up. And so there's, it's a different setup to get that close up. It's a different type of uh, puppeteer or yeah, maybe a different type of setup for the puppeteer. So each scene, like in some scenes, as we cut to, you know, the bedchamber of the emperor, some of those puppeteers might be under the floor. Yes. Um, yeah. Depending on what's, what's needed. Um, and so again, we discussed this before in a prior minute, all of this is happening at the same time. So there's, it's highly complicated, even though it, to the eye, it looks fairly easy. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. A lot of like techniques and work that go into, um, yeah, making it all happen. I mean, you know, each each film sort of has those kind of challenges, um, like with Dark Crystal. And I think, you know, another example I could sort of think of on top of my head is um, with Lord of the Rings, especially with with the Hobbits. Um, that that forced perspective that they sort of had to mm -hmm. to do to sort of make the uh, the Hobbit creatures really small, even though you know, real life they're human tall actors sort of thing um yeah but yeah i just love like i mean the first shot obviously like it seems like it's um performed by like you know a stunt double um 
um, a small statued uh, performer, though I could be wrong. You know, it's sort of like it, it seems like it, but I'm not hundred percent sure. But then, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. But I mean, it well, sort of all blends a, in, like yeah. Well, I think that there's a mix. And for those mm. of you who've seen the um, the behind the scenes, there's a making of Dark Crystal doc on the Blu-ray of the of the film. It's an hour long, and I think depending on the scene, there's a mix. Like you were saying, some scenes might be a shorter person, uh, a midget or a dwarf. Yes, yeah. And they could be used for the walking scene. And all of a sudden when it cuts to a close-up, it's three people under that thing. Because I was just, as I was watching the minute as we were, you were talking, the ritual master turns his head. And I'm watching his eye and his eye is blinking and it's focusing and it's moving as he's turning. That's amazing. It's amazing. And so... For that to happen, there's people who are who have the radio-controlled cables for the eyes. So then you have the guy's hand who's underneath it for the puppet. I mean, it's so many things. At the same time, I don't even think about it. Those things, the Skeksis to me don't even, yeah, I know they're puppeted, but I don't really believe it, you know? Like, I mean, even like I believe, you know, like even just like the blinking is like, I feel like it just moves, like they have different kinds of movement with the blinking, that it's not just like a simple blink. Because it's like with with that ritual master, like you know, he does a hard blink, but then his eyes sort of his eyelids are sort of halfway and not like a wide eye, you know that it is. So you know, it just sort of adds that suspension of disbelief uh, with these characters. Yeah, it's 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 just amazing. And I think I mean, this is sort of uh, we I know with the Dark Crystal that originally the Skeksis were uh, supposed to sort of have their own language throughout the whole film, essentially. And unfortunately, um, when I did a test screening for it in Washington, D.C., um, during the post-production, and, and a lot of people sort of struggled to understand what the, with the Skeksis, with their own sort of, their own language. So I know that it was a bit of a struggle for them to, I mean, more for the writer, um, David O'Dell, to sort of re, you know, come up with new dialogue for the Skeksis, uh, for the Dark mm-hmm. Crystal, so I know, like, for example, one thing I noticed was when you see them two together and then Skekung says, I hate your whimper, but we actually don't see his, <laughs> we don't see his lips uh, moving yeah. sort of thing in that moment. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of like those instances like that where, um, you know, they had to add the dialogue in, but they just couldn't do much about it. I guess that's probably the thing now. I mean, with the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance is because it's now established that they're talking talking in English that that they won't have to worry about that while they're shooting the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if they really are, if they're really paying attention to the, how the original was made, they'll do the same thing uh, to kind of really keep that that sense of continuity. But uh, have the Skeksis talk in their um <laughs> in their own language and change it all up in post. <laughs> Or just, oh. or have them talk and realize, hey, we can add in whatever we want to later, you know? Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. They can always, um, yeah, change change a dialogue if need be, you know, in post-production. But yeah, yeah, it's just a thought that, yeah, it'll be very um interesting to see. And and also probably one thing that I, again, another subtlety-ness is with the shot when we get into, well, into the, the Emperor's sort of, bedroom so to speak you actually see um you know behind the wall you actually see some cobwebs which is sort of really cool just sort of again sort of adding another depth to the film and also just made me thought of that um in some dark crystal media 
that they sort of incorporated the um, spiders, the spider-like characters in the dark in the world of the Dark Crystal. So mm-hmm. I thought that was sort of like <laughs> it makes me think, you know, if Jam Lee sort of came up with the spiders after you know it's like oh you know there are these cobwebs <laughs> we can put these like characters in for his books and whatnot. So well, that's interesting too. There, there, there looks like there's also cobwebs on like the 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 costumes of the Skeksis themselves. I mean, they look tattered, opulent, but tattered. And even hanging above the, the Emperor's bed, it looks like one big cobweb because it's torn up and it's hanging low. Yeah, again, it's just, you know, just another little observation. But yeah, like you say, like, you know, there would have been so many people, yeah, you know, puppeteering on that, um, on that particular day. Because it's, you know, that's all the characters, all the 10 um, mm-hmm. Skeksis. And this is like the only time that, you know, well, well, that we'll see them all together like this. I mean, we'll see them all together like later on, but there'll only be nine of them. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's a great scene. I just love the shot where, um, the two shot of, uh, Skeksil and Skekang and Skekang looks, you know, <laughs> he actually looks kind of pissed, like he's very angry. It's like, hmm. But then I also, yeah, like, love that shot. I think that you mentioned of the Ritual Master, just, you know, you get a good glimpse, you know, him blinking and his movement. And, yeah, it's 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 all great stuff. And I think they'll uh, probably wrap up for this minute of the Dark Crystal Minute. And stay tuned for the next episode of the Dark Crystal Minute. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalminute at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash darkcrystalminute or on Twitter at Dark Crystal Min. The Dark Crystal Minute is a part of the Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal Podcast Network. So if you're able to give us a five-star review on iTunes, that'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for your time, and come back next time for more The Dark Crystal Minute.